For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Sleep is a hormonal reset button for your body. And there's people listening to this show right now. They're like, oh, no, like I operate good on six, six and a half hours of sleep. You know, that's bullshit. We have research that shows nobody is actually operating well to the best of their ability on six or six and a half hours of sleep. Nobody. It doesn't exist. No one. That's not how our bodies or our brains are designed to thrive. What is happening, everyone? Listen, I've never made a claim like this before, but over the last five months of my unbelievably busy entrepreneurial journey and emotional journey, I have found a formula that I really want to share with you. And there's a bold claim at the start of this podcast, and I promise you, you dive in and you give this your all, it's going to absolutely change your life. Before I start this podcast, I invite you to join the Together More Fitness page on Instagram. I believe we're at 1.3 thousand members. We just started pushing about two months ago. Every single day, morning and evening, we have incredible stuff posted in there that is similar to this that can help you on your fitness mindset goals while improving your physique. Get ready. I'll see you inside. In this episode, I am going to give you the literal hack. I, I'm not kidding. This is not clickbait. To make constant progress in fat loss and muscle gain in your physique, period. End of discussion. Point blank. Literally no strings attached. All right. All of us want to be lean, muscular. To get lean, yeah, you need to be in somewhat of a caloric deficit. But a low-calorie diet doesn't lead to any sort of uh, metabolic stabilization. It leads to the reverse. If you just follow this adage of well, eat less and I'll exercise more, um, that success rate is very low even in extremely high-performing bodybuilders. It very rarely exists, which is why in my athletes, I've started using more refeeds, cheat meals, off days, intuitive eating than I ever have before because those increase in intakes drop cortisol, help you sleep better, help leptin and ghrelin, if these are all helped, then our insulin response is probably greater, but it gives us more mental sanity. Even in a contest prep, I'm doing this with the people you see me posting on Instagram who look absolutely insane. Now, yeah, if you eat less, you exercise more, it's, yeah, it's going to have some weight loss. If it's set up really well, you're going to have some fat loss as well, but you're going to have to use all this willpower. And I just made a post on Instagram about how to eliminate or prevent cheating on diets because you're just continually eating less and exercising more. If you've done a contest prep or a fat loss diet and you're listening to this show, I know that you've cheated on your diet. Hmm. If we find a better way to do things, that'll prevent this. 
the more force you apply, the quicker you're going to change. Absolutely. Yet, when it comes to your physiology, the harder it's going to fly back at you. So when this happens, as it pertains to the metabolism, that's kind of like yo-yo dieting, like yo-yo weight regain. You push, 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 push. Then as soon as the diet's over, you just gain all this weight back. Or you start you know, binging or you start whatever the case may be. Just where communication, open transparency becomes so important with a coach that you really trust. Now, what I am proposing is kind of a hormone first approach and that's super buzzwordy so let me dive in we're going to stabilize energy we're going to diminish your cravings we're going to keep hunger at bay we're going to do these things and naturally sort of get into a calorie deficit and not have to rely solely on willpower so you don't need to like go get your blood work done right away although you should know exactly where your labs are at you don't need to like be testing on all these lab machines there's sleep There's hunger, there's mood, there's energy, there's cravings. The main hormones that influence hunger, insulin, leptin, ghrelin. The hormones that impact cravings are ghrelin and cortisol. I just made an amazing post on what is today, February 5th, where I discussed that about HIIT cardio. It was a really freaking good one. Now... In the brain, the hormones dopamine, serotonin, GABA, they all drive into cravings as well. So when we don't have a balance here, i.e. why I'm talking so much about brain health and triggering a lot of people who have poor brain health, but hey, that's neither here nor there. Energy is managed by insulin, cortisol, thyroid hormones, and catecholamines. Sleep and mood are controlled by all the above, plus melatonin and magnesium levels, things of the like. These are biofeedback clues. So when you're dealing with hormones or you're looking at lab work, you need to be more of a detective than you are anything else. Okay, these things might not be perfect, but the response in the human feels amazing. So should we really troubleshoot and fix anything? Because you definitely can't troubleshoot over and all of a sudden they don't feel as well. We all have a different operating and processing system. So if you look at this lab work and something looks off, let's say I just recently had this happen. Somebody got super mad at me. I get this client's lab work with creatinine like 1.3. Okay. If you've ever seen a bodybuilder's blood work, that's super normal. Uh, I'm sorry, bun was one, or I'm sorry, no, bun was 37, uh, creatinine was like 1.0 something, uh, 1.04. Okay, again, you ever seen bodybuilders' blood work? Pretty normal, especially when hormones are in play, especially when you're training really hard and really driving a lot of progression, right? Now, red blood cell count, hemoglobin, hematocrit, they were all good. Thyroid better than the previous labs. Moving in the right direction. Athlete feels good. Good. feels really good. Um, Cortisol isn't a huge deal, but we do need to lower it down um, into the 11.5 to 13 range, ideally. And if you look at the labs, like, oh, shoot, we need to get these kidneys checked out. When you look at the human and you look at the previous labs and you're able to have these side by side, you realize, oh, man, like we brought her testosterone down. We cut it like a tenth. It was way too high. It was outrageous. And training is way harder than it's ever been before. And so you look at the lab, it might scare you. You look at the athlete and it's okay, like we're good. We're just in an overtrained state and we just need to pull back. And then 
you pull back, these things fix themselves. You pull back and you support and these things fix themselves. You have to be a detective. You cannot be too by the book. It does not work. Your role is to eat, your role is to exercise, your role is to make progression. So you need to measure fat loss. We're not gonna measure weight loss. Weight loss does not matter. The easiest way to do this is by measuring your weight and measuring your waist. If your waist is dropping, then you are losing fat, period. I have my athletes send waist measurements, they send arm measurements, they send leg measurements, and they send glute measurements. If you're sending over measurements and your waist and your glutes are both dropping, you are losing body fat. <clears throat> now, if your weight goes down, Waist goes up or stays the same, you're losing weight, but the weight is not fat, it's water, could be muscle, which is not good, yet we can prevent that by having adequate protein intake and recovery, which we are going to talk about just a little bit. Now, psychology research says humans crave certainty above almost all else. Recently made a post about this, the paradox of decision. When there's too much decision or too many variables, you overthink, which leads to no progression happening. So why do humans continue to do the same things over and over expecting a different result? Because you've been led to believe that weight loss is linear, predictable, and it's one size fits all. The desire for certainty makes it so that you want to be given these meal plans, a food list, Body change doesn't work that way. It's up and down, two steps forward, one step back, and it's slightly different for everything. Okay, you're down five pounds. Your waist is down 0.4 inches. Your biofeedback, like your sleep feedback, maybe your resting heart rate, your blood pressure is showing that we should pull back a little bit. So now we need to refeed, pull back the cardio, and then we get to push again. It's two steps forward and it's one step back. This is why dieting longer is much better in Every single scenario, no matter who the athlete is, that's one of the few black and whites that you have. Now, here's the basics. It's a journey. It's not a destination. Body change is a process and not a protocol. Be a detective. Do not be this laboratory analysis by the book person. You are training a human, not a protocol. Eat more of the right foods. What are the right foods? Justin, I'm so glad that you asked. Lean protein, rich in fiber, foods that have a vast nutrient resource, foods that are high in water, that keep you fuller longer. If you're high in protein, you're high in water, you're high in fiber, you're going to be satiated. They're also going to be lower in starch, sugar, and poor fats. I love polo, uh, poly and mono unsaturated fats. Some of the best things you can absolutely have in your diet. But if you nail all of these variables you can basically eat an unlimited quantity of vegetables as long as your digestion is good. So that limit, the upper limit threshold of vegetables and protein both is when does your digestion fall off? When does it slow down to a point that it's uncomfortable or that you're not moving the way that you should be? Low sugar fruits like berries, apples, pears, lean protein. Man, I'm, I'm gonna be 100. If you just kind of eat those three things, you don't really need a coach to guide you other than to tell you exactly when to do refeeds and, and assess your biofeedback. Now, we need to exercise smarter. Like if you're walking to hit your steps, make it a leisurely walk. We don't need a power walk. Lowers cortisol, 
If we engage in short, intense bouts of activity for about 30 to 45 minutes, three to five times per week, this type of exercising is going to allow you to stay recovered, probably not destroy your body. This isn't going to put on all of this muscle. So this is more so for a bodybuilder that has a, a lot of muscle and just needs to make improvements here and there, or the lifestyle person, or the bodybuilder is kind of in transition, like myself. Well, I'm literally, by definition, too busy for bodybuilding. There's also a lot of opportunities that came my way that pulled me away from being able to actively bodybuild. So this is kind of what I have to do, and I'm sort of sharing you how I've been able to stay pretty jacked and really lean, but top-notch mentally. That's kind of what I frame this around. Now, if we can create less compensatory eating reactions... That's a huge win. Everyone here has cheated on their diet, fat loss diet, a prep diet, whatever. We're just compensating. We're compensating for stress. We're compensating a drop in, in brain neurotransmitters. We're hungry. So you cheat because it's so easy to do so. Drinking water is obviously a huge deal as well, but you get eight hours of sleep a night. Now, you might be there like, I, I can't do that. I, can't. I understand that. Get as much as you possibly can. I've told you guys about my rigorous morning schedule. I recently turned my alarm off. I get up between 6.57.05 every single morning. My alarm is completely off. Does it make me anxious when I get up and it's starting to get light outside? It does, but I'm working through that because I'm getting more and better sleep than I ever before. And I'm more recovered to be able to show up my best self for the tasks that I have to do for together more for grower Eye podcast and for the other companies that I'm involved with. It lowers cortisol, balances ghrelin and leptin, which means less hunger, balanced energy and decreased cravings the next day. Sleep is a hormonal reset button for your body. And there's people listening to this show right now. They're like, oh, no, like I operate good on six, six and a half hours sleep. You know, that's bullshit. We have research that shows nobody is actually operating well to the best of their ability on six or six and a half hours of sleep. Nobody. It doesn't exist. No one. That's not how our bodies or our brains are designed to thrive. Getting eight hours of sleep a night, especially in a prep or a cut phase, and yes, if you are dieting correctly, your sleep does not need to be overly impaired, but the dieting correctly comes down more to stress management than really it does anywhere else. Rest-based living, this is more so the grounding practices, restorative and relaxing practices like quiet time, um, hot baths or showers, walks in nature, restorative yoga, uh, reading, massage, meditation, conversation and time with loved ones. All of these things, lower cortisol, elevates feel-good brain hormones, and you are less likely to have nighttime cravings. This is massive. My entire adult life, until about five or six months ago, I had these nighttime cravings that were insane. And in Austin, we have this delivery service called GoPuff. Anything will be at my door within 15 minutes. Pretzels, ice cream, snacks, whatever the hell you want. We've got a Royal Blue. It's, a, it's like a bodega on every single freaking corner. I have a two-minute walk to Foxtrot, a 90-second walk to Royal Blue. I started being more intentional with my mindfulness and emotional practices throughout the day. I don't have any of those anymore. 
I ordered a vanilla ice cream after a date night a couple weeks ago. And other than that, I just eat my food. I just eat my normal food. And I go to bed, and I'm sleeping way better, better, healthier, happier than I've ever been before. When you get into the night and you're truly fulfilled, you don't need those neurotransmitter drives because your day, your daily practices and the way that you showed up for yourself and the people you love kind of fulfilled it all for you. I am a monster believer in that. Pay attention to your body. Exercise. Man, manage your stress. Adjust your approach accordingly. This is like your metabolic formula. If you're sleeping, if you're managing your stress because you're journaling, because you're doing breath work practices, because you're doing things the right way, because you're emotionally developed enough to be able to handle stress, this whole thing called AQ that Hugh and I talked about in our podcast, which is your adversity continence. The more you build up your AQ, the far better you're going to be as a human. And that also directly um, builds up your EQ as well. And change your mindset. There's not this linear, predictable, and this sustainable thing if you just simply work hard. It doesn't exist. It's about mastering a new mindset. It's not about working harder. It's about learning, practicing, mastering, and feeling your body and how you are responding to everything over time. So feel, communicate, and adapt. And you can have this lifestyle of having amazing gym performance, incredible stress mitigation, and amazing social life allows you to enjoy while staying really lean and pretty jacked up. But what the hell do I know? I'll see you next time.